0: From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. It's important to be prepared year round, but many central New Yorkers step it up as the weather starts to change. We want to be ready for any sort of winter storm. Here to help us make sure we're not forgetting anything is Bradley Marmon. He's the Emergency Management Coordinator at Upstate. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Now, National Preparedness Month every September is an effort to get everyone thinking about whether they're prepared for natural disaster, weather emergency, basically anything that could disrupt everyday life. And this year's theme was prepared, not scared. So do you want to start with talking about sort of the money side of things and how to prepare like financially?
1: Right. So when when families start thinking about disasters, it's it's extremely important to start thinking about their finances and the recovery aspect of disasters. Um, there are a lot of things you can do beforehand to to set yourself up for success. One of those things is checking your insurance coverage. So typically, um, everyone has homeowners or renters insurance based on their situation, but uh, typically. Homeowners' and renters' insurance isn't going to cover, say, uh, flood damage. All right? So it's very important uh, that you you can make a call to your insurance company to understand what your insurance company covers.
0: And just ask them, am I covered for floods?
1: Yes, you can absolutely ask that question. Or earthquakes. Right, any sort of disaster, any sort of damage uh, that's going to take place from a, from a natural disaster or a man-made disaster, and it's it's important to note that typically with these insurance policies, flood specifically, it can take up to thirty days before that insurance takes effect. So this is why we wanna prepare and we wanna do these things ahead of time. So not, we're not, not trying when to when it starts raining, but. right. We're not trying to make these decisions when it's already raining. That's gonna be a little bit too late. So okay.
0: um,
1: again, and and this is something you can almost put something like this, um, into budgeting that you already have you know start planning um, using your monthly budgets that's that's already existent one other thing i like to say with this as well is uh, taking photos of important documents such as your driver's license your birth certificate um, social security cards this can be extremely important if you lose those things in a disaster you will need to have those things available for uh, insurance claims they will want to see those identifiers and it's also a good idea take pictures of your home but as it stands now very important to have recent photos so that claim can be filed in
0: interior and exterior
1: interior and exterior and typically if you have a basement make sure you take a picture of that basement as well because if we do have floodwaters coming in That's going to be the area that's affected.
0: Sure. Now, what about in terms of planning for um, disaster? Do you need to have cash on hand?
1: Yes. It's very important to have cash on hand. And Actually, the Federal Reserve uh, anticipates that um, 40% of Americans don't even have around $400 in savings, which is uh, extremely problematic when you start thinking about what if ATMs are down? What if credit card machines are not working? So cash would be an extremely important asset to have on hand to be able to buy things to get you through the following days of a disaster.
0: And these days, I mean, we're such a cashless society um, when things are working, um, but if suddenly none of that was available.
1: Right. We're extremely dependent, even on our phones now. We have apps that can transfer money. Um, in in certain resources like that which are great for the society we live in right now pre-disaster but post-disaster I think it's important to understand you know we may need to have cash available and this is something as simple as taking a couple hundred dollars whatever you can afford and maybe just putting it in a plastic bag in a safe somewhere or your go bag that that you're going to assemble for your family
0: Okay, and we're going to talk about gold bags. But um, before we get to that, let me ask you about sort of the individual community where people live. Are there things that you recommend people do now um, to just sort of learn about the community's preparedness?
1: Right. Well, I think it's important to understand, first of all, the community you live in and disasters that affect your community. So disasters affect almost everyone in this country and around the world. Whether you're in the Northeast, we can see snowstorms, windstorms, wildfires. Uh, we can even see hurricanes like we saw in Sandy in 2012. And if we're down south, we're thinking more about hurricanes. Um, so disasters affect everyone. So it's really important to understand where you are. So if we're living in the central New York region, we want to understand do we live by a river that is in the floodplain? So the first part of that, Understanding what uh, is the hazard for your community. And then the second part of that is getting involved in community preparedness. There's plenty of ways to do that. You can do something as simple as taking a CPR AED class. That's a very easy thing to do. Those are easily, um, you can find those right on the internet where you can sign up for those. Um, The other thing you can do is take a look at volunteer organizations that are active in disaster in your community. There's plenty around in every community, whether they're setting up shelters, handing out food to those who maybe are displaced by the disaster. With that typically comes a lot of training, free training, if you get involved in those groups. So not only are you taking the opportunity to help someone else, You're also getting some free training for yourself and your family with that.
0: Right. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with the Emergency Management Coordinator at Upstate, Bradley Marmon. Let's talk about um, specifically how to prepare, how should a family prepare for a disaster? Um, And this applies really to homeowners, apartment dwellers, anyone. Um, What are sort of the steps that a person needs to take? You mentioned a go bag.
1: Right. So... So one easy thing to do is, first of all, this is when we talk about planning with your family, this is a really easy conversation to have. It can be over dinner. We can talk about, hey, if a disaster strikes, these are the things we're going to do. We're going to have an escape plan. These are the family and friends that we're going to communicate with. Um, Maybe there's a meeting place that you have. Um, outlined in a different geographical area, or this is something as simple, this is how we're going to communicate. So those are some very easy things to do. Um, The second part of that is what we refer to as a go kit or a go bag. Um, This is a kit that you would want to have in your home for each member of your family that is easily accessible very quickly in a disaster. This is already pre-planned, pre-assembled, bag it can be something as simple as a sports gym bag it doesn't have to be anything special in that bag you're going to want to put things that you would typically need post-disaster FEMA typically likes to say you should be able to be self-sufficient for 72 hours
0: and FEMA's federal emergency management the
1: federal emergency management agency correct and so some items that you can have in the go bag would include um, a light stick you can buy those at any stores where you crack the light sticks. You can have batteries. A first aid kit is always good to have. You should always have drinking water on hand. Um, this is you can go to any grocery store and buy the packs of water that you can keep in your basement. That's always a great item to have. Some food ba- food bars.
0: Something that won't spoil.
1: Something that won't spoil. Correct. Um, you can also have a flashlight. is always very effective to have. Duct tape is good. I even have one with uh, eye goggles in it, safety goggles, just in case. Um, Well,
0: because you're describing, like, if I was going to put a go bag together, I kind of feel like I need to know what I'm going away from to be prepared. I mean, a weather thing might be one situation, but a pandemic or um, some sort of attack. Right? You're going to need different things, potentially.
1: Right. You are going to need different things. So we really want individuals to be prepared for what we would call an all-hazards approach. So think of, number one, what hazards can happen in my community, like we talked about earlier. But also, if we think of something like a pandemic, if we're going to be away from our home or we're in a different place, if we're at an alternate care site... We're going to also need one thing that's very important is medications. Any medications that we have, make sure that's uh, readily available to you. That's something that you probably keep readily available to you every day. Right, right. Anyway, so you're going to grab that. But also personal hygiene items. What about a toothbrush? Uh, Little travel packs of toothpaste. Those are You can go to any grocery store and buy those little things, put them in your, your go bag. Essentially, when you're putting this together... You want to think of all hazards, but also think about think about it as just a mini vacation away from your home. Right? If I'm going to be away from my home for three or four days, what is going to be important to me? And then on top of that, we have to remember that we're going to need some of our significant identification documents that we spoke of taking. But pictures
0: like you out. mentioned, taking pictures—if that's on your cell phone, that's great. But what if uh, we don't have power and your cell phone drains? Um, Will we lose potentially communication?
1: During a disaster, it is possible that you could lose communication. So what I would suggest is taking the pictures, putting it putting those pictures on a Word document, and just printing those Word documents right out. You can fold up those pieces of paper, put it in that plastic bag with your cash that you have on hand right in your go bag, so it's right there for you to use. A copy of a document is always better than having nothing. During a disaster, we're obviously going to be in a different scenario than we're used to. So, document records may be viewed differently during sure. that situation.
0: Sure. Um, but in terms of power, if the power's out, because the power we will lose power sometime this winter. Um, but does that render all electronic devices useless, or can you charge them in your car potentially, or is there a reason you need to go ahead and bring those things with you, or? leave them behind
1: i would suggest everyone does bring their electronic device when the response agencies talk about sheltering now they do consider charging capabilities for electronic devices because we it is a reality that we do live in a society that is very electronics dependent also as an individual you can buy little charge packs that are US, usb chargers for your electronic devices. You can have one of those on hand. They're very inexpensive, but very powerful pieces of equipment. In addition to that, uh, some individuals will have a generator at their home that they could possibly use. And I would just like to mention one thing with that. If you have a generator, um, make sure it's outside and make sure you're testing it. Oftentimes, I, I see people who have generators, but you ask them when the last time they actually turned it on and, and tried it out in their home and they can't tell me a good answer. So it's it's very easy. You could do something, set it up on a schedule like when you change the batteries and your smoke alarms. You can do all of your emergency preparedness activities at the same time so you don't ever forget.
0: Now, how young um, would you recommend involving kids in in sort of this preparation? Because. Um, you don't want to scare them, but you they should be involved, right?
1: They should absolutely be involved. So one segment with the uh, Preparedness Month this year is youth preparedness. So we want to go ahead and get children involved very early. Speak to them about your plans that you have. Make your child a go-kit. You can make that a fun evening activity for a family, is putting together a go kit for everyone in the family. It kind of becomes a little bit of a game for children. And also, without them realizing it, you're teaching them about emergency preparedness. Talk to the children about who they would contact if they were separated from the family and how to take those steps to be reunited. Also, engage the schools. The schools often do a lot with emergency preparedness and teaching children about what to do during a fire at the home. Um, also, social media posts are very big with schools now. They use that to communicate across a very large audience. So if you have access to social media, make sure you're, you're engaging your schools in that as well.
0: Let's also uh, let listeners know There's a lot of information on the government website ready.gov. There are many checklists um, for all sorts of disasters that you might not even imagine um, with guidelines for how to prepare, um, what kind of documents to get in order ahead of time, um, and they're easy to print out and just follow through with.
1: Right. The website is fantastic it provides a lot of resources that families like you mentioned can simply print out it gives you a good starting point it every scenario and every family is going to be a little bit different we all have different needs and that's okay but these is these documents are going to be a starting point for most families you can take a look at these documents like I mentioned download them print them off You can create a nice little folder for your family. Maybe keep it near your go kit. Look at it at least once a year, right? We want to make sure we update our plans. We can go through those checklists. It has checklists for financial preparedness. It talks about how to make a plan. There's even template plans for escape plans and also communication plans for your family. And also included in there is links to websites that will link you to volunteer organizations in your community. That's all right in there. So everything that we've mentioned so far, there's a link or a resource available on ready.gov that is absolutely available to you. It's absolutely free, no cost. This is simply out there to help encourage individuals to be prepared, take that initial step to start emergency planning. and we want to engage as many people as possible.
0: Well, this has been a very good reminder. I appreciate you being here to tell us all about this. My guest has been Bradley Marmon, the emergency management coordinator at Upstate Medical University. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show Health Link on Air.